0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. What to make of A-Day? The cream rises to the top. Is that what's happening with Auburn's quarterback battle? We talk about it on today's Locked On Auburn.
0: Well, Zach, I I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome
1: on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackman. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Who is Auburn's first quarterback after a a There's a lot of questions about that, and to join me in breaking all that down, Our regular Monday guest, Auburn Daily Rider Lindsey Crosby, also the host of Locked On MLB Prospects. So you're you're in the camp that most people are that watched Auburn's A-Day. Robbie Ashford really, really impressed a lot of folks. And a lot of people kind of highlighted his ability to move, and that's not really what stood out to me. What stood out to me is he had better numbers than TJ Finley when he was running the second-team offense going up against the starting defense. Like his situation was noticeably worse and his numbers were noticeably better.
0: Yeah, I mean, three of his completions are more than 20 yards. Um, He has a better uh, yards per attempt. He has a better completion percentage and he looked like he had more offenses to uh, more opportunities to do stuff on the ground against the number one defense. And so, I mean, TJ Finley looked exactly like he looked last season. Like he's not grown at all, except for maybe physically. And so, at this point, give me the potential of Ashford versus the known quantity of what TJ Finley is.
1: I went on Locked on Ducks to talk about Bo Nix. They wanted kind of an Auburn perspective on Bo Nix now that Oregon's about halfway through their spring stuff. And a conversation that we had was when you look at quarterbacks in the past, and Oregon's had a great run of them, that's why this came up. But it's like, when guys step on the field, for the most part, you can tell either they've got it or they don't. And... I like TJ Finley. I'm pulling for the guy, but like, we haven't really felt that when he stepped on the field, it's like, okay, he, he, he is controlling his offense. You felt there's it. A, you, you felt it a little bit with Ashford on Saturday. I think there's like a little bit of intangible with Ashford where you can take
0: what he did and you can say, okay, he feels comfortable. You can project out some of this stuff into, you know, if this was, if this was live, what is he going to do with these backs and with, you know, with these tight ends and these receivers versus T.J. Finley looks like and has continued to look like he is trying to survive in the backfield. It is surviving yeah. versus thriving. Yeah. Ashford is thriving back there. Finley's trying to survive.
1: And it seemed like a lot of it was a processing thing, which we've talked about this before throughout the offseason, where it's like, okay, you know, T.J.'s got the arm. He's got the ability. It's the it's the processing what's happening around him that needs to speed up. And There were times where it's like he would get the throw-off, and I'm using air quotes for those who are just listening to audio. He'd get the throw-off and it'd be a completion to, to somebody, but in a real game, like, that's probably a sack because, like, obviously the, the, you're not sacking quarterbacks in a, in a spring game. And so I, I just, a lot of it felt a little weird. I do wonder if Tarvaris Dawson would not have dropped that touchdown pass, do you feel a little bit different about it? Because, like, he's catching that nine times out of ten. Any college wide receiver would. So, like, that that's something that kind of makes me wonder, like, it, are we overreacting about a few things. Like, I, I'm not exactly sure on this, but just the eye test and the gut feeling is like, okay, TJ need to take a big step forward, and it doesn't really feel like he did. Flip side to
0: the Tavares-Dawson drop. Uh, if Marquise Gilbert catches uh, picks that ball off, mm. TJ Finley looks even worse. Great I mean, point. you know, you can do one if, you have to do the other if. No, it's, it's something to me where, Obviously the big unspoken part of this is there's another guy who we haven't seen yet in Calzada. And to me, this felt like if TJ Finley was going to be the guy in the fall, he needed to come out here. He's had the most time in the offense. He's had the most time with these players. He even talked, talked about being the leader in the room and holding everybody else accountable. And if you're going to take the job, this was your opportunity to do it. And I don't think he did. And so when we get to the fall, and we're actually having that fall practice with Calzada. Um, It's probably going to be a three-man competition, but it feels like it's actually going to be a two-man competition. Calzada got a bye through the first round.
1: With Ashford being the other? Is that what you think now? With
0: Ashford being the other. It was something where Finley didn't have to compete against everybody. He just had to look better than the one guy he was up against, who is brand new to this program, who has not played in college yet, and that guy still looked better than him.
1: Right. No, I I think you're right, though. I think you're right. And so we will see kind of what happens. But, man, you talk about a quarterback coming in and just looking the part. Holy cow, Holden Gurner, man. He impressed me most out of anybody that I saw. He came in and, look, I mean, it it seemed like the, you know, everybody that was in at that point was kind of checked out, and they gave him a couple of checkdowns, but, like, wow. I mean, it just looks so easy, like the ball leaving his hand and going to his receivers. Beautiful throwing motion. Um, he, I mean, just the, the 12 on the back of his jersey. I mean, he looks the part, man. He just looks it. And then just kind of the the, the icing on the cake for all of it was him finding our guy, the love of my life, Landon King, uh by the pylon with an incredible, incredible placement on the pass, incredible, you know, very difficult catch to bring down, but they connected, and it's just like, that was the highlight of it all for me. And so, Gerner's the future. There's no question about it. I think you can make the case that it's worth giving him a look in the fall. I don't think you're going to. Um, but, man, he just, he's impressive. He is an impressive young man, and I cannot wait for uh, it, it's his turn to kind of, um drive the ship for this program in a few years so a couple thoughts there one
0: um I thought I was the love of your life how dare you sorry um he's way more I athletic did. than
1: you and by the way I'm so sorry I'm so sorry but did you notice on that touchdown where he lined up at because it was not tight end it was wide receiver and it wasn't a slot wide receiver Lindsay it was, he was split out wide all the way to the right baby let's go
0: and it's something where in the Auburn daily Roundtable last week, I talked about seeing a lot from these tight ends yep. and specifically Landon King is a guy who I thought was going to flash simply because they're so like, that's the only real bit of continuity we have in the offense besides tank Bigsby is these tight ends. And so great catcher by Landon King, something I think you'll see a lot more of this season, especially pending what happens in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Gariner feels, I mean, this is Harson's handpicked guy. This is the guy Harson has, you know, he was, Harson made sure he came to the program, you know, after he got hired and everything. And I very much can see a scenario where if you think what you have outside of him is good enough, you redshirt him for a year while you let whoever else you have, whether it's a Calzada, whether it's a Ashford, whoever handle it in 2022, and unless somebody explodes and has a, you know, just has an amazing year, your plan is we go into 23, Gurner's
1: the guy. I don't I mean, know if you can do that, though. I, I think it's easy to say that, and that's why I think it's almost worth making an argument that you throw him out there this year. Once again, I do not think that will happen. I'm just talking, but if Calzada or Finley win it, or Ashford win it, None of these guys are like done. None of these guys are like out of eligibility after this season. And so, how do you pull one of them? You know, uh, the 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 top end situation, the starter right now for Auburn is not as good as it was a year ago. I I, I don't. I think Bo Nix a year ago was better than all these guys, but the depth is it's probably the deepest quarterback room we've seen in Auburn in a long time. Does it? I mean, now, does that matter, Lindsey? I don't know. It probably doesn't really matter that much, but it's worth noting.
0: I think when it comes to depth of your quarterback room, you're more interested in what the floor is of the backups than necessarily you are with the ceiling because you only play one at a time. Right. And so, like, you look at last year, the floor behind Bo was a lot lower than we thought it would be Mm -hmm. when we got to Finley and then Davis, who did not even play. Uh, even in the bowl game when Finley was, you know, was not looking great. And so like your, your depth is better. So that helps you if a worst case scenario type of thing happens, but depth in your quarterback room, if you have to go to your depth in the quarterback room, either your first guy ain't it or your first guy's hurt. Yeah. And either scenario is not necessarily set up for you to compete in the SEC West. If the first guy's hurt
1: or not it. Right. All right, that's enough on quarterbacks. We will talk quarterbacks for the the rest of the offseason. But let's talk about some of our biggest non-quarterback takeaways from A-Day in just a moment. First things first, I want to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Every bar, every Built Bar is covered 100% in delicious chocolate. But you look at the nutritional facts, and you're like, man, this thing's good for me. This thing's got a lot of protein. Doesn't have a whole lot of calories. A lot of these protein bars have a bunch of sugar. Not a lot of sugar in built bars at all. They also have built puffs, which I'm starting to actually like more than built bars. So be sure to check that out. They've got this marshmallowy texture with protein stuff infused in them. It's delicious. So go to built.com to check it all out. Use promo code Lock15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code Locked15 for 15% off at built.com. also want to give some love to our friends our local friends at fetch me home delivery family went out of town this weekend and we kind of had a late lunch we didn't think we were going to be hungry for dinner again and we were and we you know fetch me uh fetch me is not around where we were sadly and so we had to use another service it got lost we contemplated canceling it it took like an hour and a half to get there and so uh I, I just think it's one of those things where I take Fetch Me for granted. And obviously, now with the new alcohol delivery laws throughout the state of Alabama, you can go to fetchmealcohol.com and you can get alcohol delivered directly to your door. And if you want food or anything else, really, go to fetchmedelivery.com and they will make sure to take care of you. That is Fetch Me Delivery for food and other services, and then Fetch Me Alcohol, of course, for alcohol. Dot com. All right, Lindsay, before we jump into this other stuff, what are some things that you have going on? You, uh, you are a very, very busy man. Yes. So,
0: uh, Auburn Daily. We are talking all about Auburn baseball. Auburn yep. baseball is second in the SEC West right now. So, uh, check that out Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. This week will be Thursday because Mississippi State series starts on Thursday. Yep. Um Locked on MLB prospects. We are, minor league season is going. We have prospects at the major league level. We have prospects all over the system. Big sh- week coming up for that show. And then, um, has a fun announcement a little bit later in the show.
1: Yep. Yep. And in about eight minutes, we're going to have a really fun announcement. Stay tuned. We, uh, we, we reached a deal with a player, a current player, and I think you guys are going to really like what we have going on there. So stay tuned for that. All right. Non-quarterback takeaways from A-Day. I've got two. I've got two. First one, how they use Tank Bixby outside of handing him the football. Because I think that's what we're going to see a lot of. There are so many benefits to getting him the ball in short passing situations. One, it gets him out in space or the opportunity to get him out in space. It's going to save his body because, man, he is going to get hit a ton this year because they need him. And I got a feeling like Tank's okay with that. But also, they, they did it with moving him in the formation. Like, it wasn't like they were just passing it out of the backfield. Like, there were times where he lined up in the slot, where he lined up out wide. So, I mean, there, there's a lot to like about that. And I talk about this all the time. When you're an offense, you want the defense to have to defend every blade of grass. And you also want them to have to think. And whenever college defensive backs have to think, the more they have to make quick decisions, pre-snap and post-snap, the more likely they are to make a decision incorrectly. And so I love moving Tank around because it just has to it's more that they have to prepare for. It's more that they have to process pre snap. And I, I love that. And so it's like do you put do you put a nickel on him? Do you put a linebacker to follow him out there if you're in man coverage, even though he's out wide. There's a lot of different things you just have to spend mental energy and time and practice on when you do stuff like that. So that was the biggest thing for me was Tank Bixby. Um, and then obviously there's the application of it in regards to him getting yards throughout, you know, through the air. It's going to help other wide receivers possibly open up. It's less stress on the offensive line because you don't have to block as long and it gets your quarterback more comfortable. There's a million things, Lindsay. So that, that that's one thing. It also helps Tank get ready for the NFL. So that was, do you have anything on that before I move to my second one? I think part of
0: that is one, having a, a more standard off season to kind of figure out what we're going to do. Scheme wise, Yeah. You know, obviously new coaching staff as well, but then also having better depth at the running back position Fair. where you are comfortable taking another guy and running him, having him lined up at tailback because tanks in the slot or tanks split out wide or whatever it may be. So um, you love that. And obviously you take what you saw from the backs. You add um, Jarquez, Jarquez back to it. Once he's healed from his procedure and sure. it's like one of the best backfields in, in the sec right there.
1: Yeah. Um, staying on the topic of running backs, this is my second biggest takeaway, but I do think it's worth noting. Sean Jackson appeared to be in the bigger role over Jordan Ingram.
0: I think part of that may be rewarding the veteran. He's put in the hard work enough where they gave him a scholarship. They're rewarding him with carries in the spring
1: game. I, I like know. that he's a different back, too. I mean, Jordan Ingram, we haven't seen a whole lot of him, but he may be similar... To Jarquez, mm-hmm. just kind of—I think he's got some speed, he's got some pop, but you know, I, I think he's just a similar type of back. And with Sean Jackson, as he was like a, a bowling ball. I mean, he—he he reminds me a little bit of like a like a Cameron Artist Payne, where it's like you don't yeah. really want him outside of the tackles, but um, I love—I love you know anything uh, anything you know in between the guards. I- I'm all about giving him the football there. And also, just kind of the upside, just based on his body type of, you know, last year we saw Sean Shivers be the third down back, specifically in, like, pass protection and blitz pickup, mm-hmm. um, which Sean was good at that because of willingness, and I think he had, a, you know, a pretty high football IQ. Sean Jackson, physically, is more what you want in that role to, to actually, like, you know, get in the way and, and you know, kind of stall 260-pound dudes sprinting at your quarterback which is a thing you want to do. Um, yes. If we're going to, my
0: request for Sean Jackson is give him a neck roll and give him the bull face mask. Oh, I want that. please. I get that. And then, you know, let him go between the tackles, let him go up the middle. But I do think you, like you touch on something big there where it's stylistically a different look. You can see a lot of, you know, tank, Jarquette, you know, Jarquez, they all kind of, they're not the same player, obviously tanks a whole different level, but it's a lot of similar style where it's a blend of power and speed. Whereas Sean is just 100%. He is a, a barrel with knives for arms. Right. That is coming at you. And so having that's a little bit different for me. One of the big takeaways that I saw was the linebackers. You're missing Owen Papo out of spring for an injury. Mm-hmm. Wesley Steiner, Cam Riley had the first team snaps. You saw Joka Willis um, had a hurry on a blitz, came close to another sack. Right. You even saw Powell Gordon get in there a little bit towards the end of the game. And so, you know, we get like a big tackle for loss. And so just seeing some of the next wave of talent at the linebacker position made me feel really good. And I feel like that's a place where you can compare them to the tight ends and the backs because they both for the most part are at full strength. Whereas the defensive line looked really good, but it's because they're all healthy and the offensive line is missing four of the five guys. Yeah. So linebackers, that's a more natural comparison because of health of the units. And they looked pretty good in their action that I saw on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, linebacker is a position that has been recruited well for years. I mean, there, it seems like there's a four-star four guy in every class dating back for the last decade. So, I mean, it, it makes sense. It's just there's been a log jam because uh, of the guys that were kind of started for, for so long. So, no, I think that's great. I think that's great. And such a different host of names there. Well, than what we're used to talking about and seeing there. Um, my other big one is the wide receiver position. I was impressed with it. Um, they exceeded my expectations. Once again, how much is what you do in 8 day matter? I don't know. And I know we mentioned the D'Avaraj Dawson drop, but there were also like the first, I think it was Robbie Ashford's first pass was a slant to capers. And like, it was a bad throw. Like it was behind capers, but he was able to, to, to haul it in and kind of help his quarterback out. And then, you know, obviously they kind of got some momentum going after that. But I was impressed with that. I was impressed with everything Malcolm Johnson Jr. did. That was one of the things I talked about in the Auburn Daily Roundtable. One of my bold predictions on Friday's show was that I thought he would steal the show on offense. I don't know if he necessarily stole the show on offense. Robbie Ashford probably did that. But I I think he was the best-looking wide receiver, which is great. Um, And then the other wide receiver note I had was I was just blown away by... And not blown away as in shocked, I just... I just really didn't expect it. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah, Tavares Dawson's role. I mean, it was massive. Like, he was the most popular guy as far as targets, I believe. So, um, that was something that I thought was really, really good to see. Because we've heard nothing but good things about the guy. And the fact that he was doing it with early and often with the first team, um, props to Tavares Dawson.
0: Yeah, like seeing it manifest is always nice. One of the big yeah. takeaways that I had, and I touched on it earlier with the Landon King comment, was just but the involvement of the tight ends. Yeah, uh, Schenker had two catches for double-digit yards. Brandon Frazier, the missing man. Brandon Frazier has five catches leading the second-team offense. There you go. Uh, Tyler Fromm has three. Obviously, King catches a big touchdown there. You, you can see like five wide formations where tight ends are out there. You would see two and three tight end sets. And so it's just – it's so – Odd to see an Auburn team because the last decade you haven't seen this where you have multiple tight ends that can all contribute in the offense and you're not trying to hide somebody. And so I think being willing to split tank out wide or in the slot, having tight ends that can move all around, whether it's lined up out wide, lined up in formation in line, things like that. um, This whole thing kind of comes back to you're better able to disguise what you're doing because you can take the same personnel. You can run power out of a two tight end set. And then you can turn around and you can send Landing King and Tank Bigsby out wide and go empty on the next play. And right. so just seeing that it's, I feel like it's an element that we were missing out of the offense. It was, I'm not going to say telegraphed under Harson. It was telegraphed under Gus towards the end there, but it was a little bit harder to kind of get that, that multiple looks from the same personnel grouping. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that in 2022.
1: No, I, and I think that's awesome. I don't think people understand how difficult it is for a defense when they see the opposing offense put in, you know, two tight ends and then they put two tight ends out at wide receiver at different places on the field or maybe even one's attached to the line and one's detached and slot or out wide and then you put a running back out there. There is so much you have to do. One, you have to match the personnel. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if your game plan was like, okay, the opposing team goes two tight ends, we need to make sure there's at least three linebackers on the field. And then you do that and it's like, well, dang it! Everybody's a you know has is a threat to get the football here, and it's like odds are you're not going to have three linebackers that are good in coverage, and so there's just so many different things that you have to communicate um, as a defense, and so that's going to be that's going to be really really fun um, to see. Before we jump into baseball, Lindsey, um, big big get for Auburn football on the recruiting front, and we will talk more in depth with this. Uh, probably tomorrow on Charlie Tuesday, and we'll also talk um, with John Garcia, um, locked-on recruiting expert, also recruiting director at Sports Illustrated later this week. But Auburn lands four-star safety, Terrence Love. He's from Georgia. Plays in the middle of the field a lot, Lindsey. He's probably going to be a nickel for the Tigers. Um, really, really big guy. Uh, I think on... 6 6'2". Th- um, some folks were looking at him possibly as a linebacker, but apparently Auburn likes him as a as a defensive back. We've seen Auburn be successful with large defensive backs before. I'll take 6-2 and a safety that can move well any day of the week. Um, Cole Pinkston with On3 did an outstanding uh, film breakdown of him, kind of included four or five plays. Guy really seems to move well. His first step is really, really pretty and really, really smooth. So... I think this is a guy that, uh, that Auburn fans should be excited about. Um, the defensive back situation, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of turnover, so I don't really know how quick we're going to see him on the field, but um, T-Love is what he goes by. I, I, think, I think this is a nice addition to the class. Maybe he gets us some positive momentum now going into uh, the summer.
0: And the one big thing everybody's going to say, and I, I can already hear it, is like, Harson needs to be bringing in five stars to compete. Five stars to compete. This guy had 13 SEC offers. Alabama, Georgia, a and LSU. I mean, all of the big-name schools wanted him. Notre so Dame. don't get hung up on the fact, Yeah. yeah. Michigan, Michigan State, Miami. Don't get hung up on the fact that he's a four-star, especially with having lost a season of competition for a lot of schools. The ratings aren't as accurate as they have been in the past. And so, I think this this coaching staff has shown trust their talent evaluation.
1: Yeah, I'm never going to complain about a four-star. Like, that's just no. dumb. Like, I mean, there's just not that many five-stars. So, you take a four-star from Georgia any day of the week. There's no question about it. All right. We will jump into Auburn's huge, huge win over Vanderbilt. What a crazy series. We also got a cool announcement I'm in a moment. But – Hey, Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments at BetOnline.net. They've got all kinds of stuff, whether it's, you know, golf. Maybe you want some money with the Masters this weekend. They've got eSports, a faster sort of thing. And obviously, the NBA is heating up towards the playoffs. And of course, Major League Baseball is just now getting going. So check all of it out at BetOnline, where the game starts. Lindsey Crosby, where should we start with all of this?
0: I usually start with game one, but Joseph Gonzalez is the greatest pitcher alive. I told all you guys a year and a half ago. You did. You called it. I mean, he is my version of your Noah Ichabinogony. Sure. I have been saying he's one of the most talented pitchers on this staff, and he goes out for game three, complete game, one earned run, No walks, just looks absolutely dominant at the plate. Barely takes over 100 pitches to go a full game.
1: Yeah, when it was going into the eighth, I was like, they're leaving him in? What's the benefit of it? Then I saw his pitch count, and it's like, "Mm, okay, yeah, I I guess that makes sense, and he was dealing. um, But to do it against his Vandy squad that, like, the day before, on Saturday, I mean, they were just hitting everything. And he didn't care. He didn't care about Vanderbilt's feelings at all. And, uh, I mean, it was impressive. And just, like, what was at stake? I mean, the fact that Auburn was able to pull this off now and beat a second-ranked team for the second week in a row. I mean, doing it at, uh, at LSU last weekend, doing it at home against a really good Vanderbilt team. I mean, this Auburn team, no matter what poll you look at, they're going to be a top-20 team, maybe even higher um, in, in some of these polls based on what they've done in the last month. Incredible job by this team. Seriously.
0: Yeah. And I mean, Vanderbilt's a dangerous team. They've lost. Yes, they now have lost, you know, two of their last three series, but look at what they did in game two. So um, it was 19 to four and gross. um, The middle four of their lineup hitters three through, through six. And this is in the piece at Auburn daily. So go check it out. Auburn daily.com. But on, on a Saturday's game Two hitters, three through six of Vandy's lineup, 15 for 21 three home runs, six doubles, 14 RBIs, 11 runs, and three walks. I mean, the team is like, it's a good team. Those same hitters against Joseph Gonzalez, three for 15, five strikeouts. Yeah. If that puts into context what he did. And then the offense that they got was enough. Most of it for the weekend came from our thick king. Sonny Dashara.
1: All right, let's talk about Sonny Dashara real quick before we get to our announcement.
0: Okay. Yeah. He hits two home runs over the weekend. He hit one on Saturday. He hit one on Sunday, had five RBIs on Sunday. He is now, um, as we'd said, he is one of the best in the country at on base percentage, at batting average, uh, when it comes to home runs. He man's hit over 50 home runs in college. I mean, just an absolute, a, a, as close to a professional hitter as you can get in college.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's ridiculous. And Lindsay he keeps coming up to the plate, and I'm like, well, he can't do it again. Like, he's already done it. Like, he's already just rocked the base. He's like, no, he doesn't care. Like, he'll just have ridiculous game after ridiculous game. What he did on Sunday was wild. Like, I mean, it was, yes. it was crazy. And the turning point for maybe the entire series
0: was actually Friday night. So Brooks Carlson was the DH. And Brooks Carlson hitting behind Sonny hits a home run. And from that moment on, they couldn't just automatically walk Sonny. Because we saw against LSU, they would just intentionally walk Sonny. You're to put see him some on teams first automatically. Yep. He was, that's why he was leading the the, the, the entire country in on-base percentage. Right. And they had to pitch to him. And when you have to pitch to Sonny DeChara, if you leave anything out over the plate, our thick king
1: will crush it and collect his RBIs. And he did that. He got five on, on Sunday. Right. So... We had a really cool conversation with Sonny last week, and he is um, he has agreed to to have a shirt on AUShirts.com. And so if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it there, but it says Thick King with um, with our sweet Thick King a silhouette on it. It's got a signature on there as well. So be sure to check that out, Shirts.com, Lindsay is the, the easiest way to get there. It's on the homepage. We'll put the link to the direct shirt in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah. Yeah, support, uh, support the Thick King, our Thick King, Sonny Deshara. Um, absolutely outstanding for everything that he's done so far this year.
0: Navy, gray, orange, and green are the options on those shirts. Yep. Uh, but no, and it's just the addition of him. I mean, you've seen a lot of contributions from from the, the transfers. Obviously him, Blake Rambush, Brooks Carlson. But Sonny's been, to me, the biggest addition to this team, both Offensively and behind the scenes in the clubhouse, because his personality, the fans love him, the players love him. He keeps everything loose, he keeps everybody, you know, like nobody's getting up tight because the man's out there with the Italian wedding songs coming up to, right. you know, to, for his at bats. And he's really kind of been the catalyst for this season as far as getting the uh, the lineup to its potential of what it can be offensively.
1: So, so, right now, Auburn is second in the SEC West. And for those keeping score at home, they were projected to finish last in the SEC West. Dead last. What are reasonable expectations for this team moving forward, Lindsay?
0: Okay, so you've got six SEC series left. Three against the East, three against the West. Mississippi State's this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So your Auburn Daily preview is going to be out on Thursday morning, not Friday morning. Um, As it stands right now, I've got them going to the postseason Uh, but probably not hosting a regional. You have to, you are one game behind Arkansas. You still have to play Arkansas. Mm -hmm. You are uh, technically tied with Alabama in conference play. Uh, You have to play them still. And so the goal here is to win enough to not have the lose and go home game in the SEC tournament. So you've got of your three West series, you need to win two of them. And of your four series, you really need to, you need to win three of the four
1: okay.
0: um, Tennessee is going to be obviously the very tough, tough one. I think you'll be lucky to take a game. Tennessee's they're, lost one game all season. Yeah, They're
1: 31 and one, I think 31
0: and one, they lost one game all season. It was really early. Um, that, That's that offense is just like way out in front of where anybody else is statistically from a production standpoint, uh, as far as home runs, runs scored yeah. total bases, everything. So going to be very difficult and of course we are going to lindsey field to play them in knoxville so that's not great right uh but you have mississippi you just beat vanderbilt the runner-up for the college world series so now you get to go to the defending champion mississippi state play S- them yep yep you've got arkansas thankfully that's at home uh not too worried about south carolina but a couple series you have to win mhm some of these series. But as of now, I have Auburn making the SEC tournament. Uh, I have Auburn making the field of 64, but not hosting a regional yet. Probably going to get a two seed. D1 baseball projected them to be in the Charlottesville regional hosted by Virginia. They'd be the number two seed facing Liberty as the three seed. Uh, be careful about Liberty because they have the baby blues. We all know you score better in baby blues. Yes. It's science. Um, yeah. And then the rest of that regional is Virginia and Bucknell at four. So a winnable regional, provided your, your pitching can hold up against Virginia's offense. Um, but reasonable expectations, uh, not getting swept in any any series except maybe Tennessee, right. and um, a chance to win every single one of them uh, other than maybe Tennessee, and probably winning um, more than you lose in the last couple of series.
1: Lindsey, uh, one more time, where can people find everything that you have going on, man?
0: I am... My writing's at Auburn Daily. I am on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The uh, My show, Locked on MB Prospects, is on Twitter at Locked on Farm. It's available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And the shirt at ushirts.com.
1: Yes, be sure to check all of that out. Absolutely. We'll be back tomorrow for a little Charlie Tuesday action. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. See all of my content gets posted there. And, of course, yeah, all of our written stuff one more time, AuburnDaily.com. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On
0: podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.